I had a little more notice than that, but that's okay. He, I walked into his office on Sunday morning, and um, he goes, you're preaching today, and I went, okay. <laughs> so it's all good, instant in season and out of season, right? Well, it's interesting how the Holy Spirit flows all together from what Pastor Michael exhorted and Pastor Daniel exhorted. This is eventually all going to filter in together, and it's going to tie it up in a big bow for y'all. But um, the title of my message tonight is, Do You See What I See? Said the night, what? No. (laughs) Christmas in July, right? No. It's just kind of the title that kept rolling around in in relation to what I'm going to share tonight. And it's not like a full-on, you know, bullet point, three-point message. It's just I, my whole purpose tonight is I really want us to, to get a reality and a vision and, and kind of see into the unseen realm. I want us to all walk out of this place tonight having a more realization of the, the firmness and the reality of the unseen realm. There's two realms we live in. We kind of are, are we coexist together. <laughs> what am I going to say? Uh, dual citizenship. We have a physical body with which we touch the, this realm. We can touch things. We can smell things. We can taste things. We can hear things. We touch this realm with our senses. But when you come into the family of God, you're born into another realm the realm of heaven, the realm of eternity, the realm where God dwells. And that place is as much our home as this place. That place is even more real than this place. That realm made this realm. So which one is greater? The thing that was made or the thing that made the thing that was made? So I want us to just get a revelation of this, and it's really going to tie together to what Pastor Michael and Pastor Daniel exhorted at the end. So hang with me. Let's pray real quick. Father, we just thank you for opening our eyes tonight. We ask you to give us revelation. I ask you to speak through my mouth. I have nothing of value to say unless you give it to me to say. I'm not here to impress. I'm here to reveal the heart of the Father to his children. Let your spirit come through tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to turn, and oops, Connie, I didn't give you a list. But she's quick. This girl is quick. She will get it on the screen. 2 Corinthians 4.18, we're going to read in the New Living Translation. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. And the Apostle Paul said, We don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. Can you see the two realms? We're gonna, there's the realm that you see, which is temporary, and there's the realm that you can't see, which is eternal. So everything you see is temporary, which means it's subject to change. Keep that in your mind. And we're going to flip over to Hebrews 11.1 1, in the Amplified Version. We're going to read a lot of scripture tonight. Is that okay? Say, I love the Word of God. I love the Word of God. Hebrews 11.1 1 in the Amplified Version says, Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed, of the things we hope for, being the proof 
of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Now faith is. It's an evidence of something that is real. It's a conviction of the reality of the realm that you cannot see. And that's what we want to look at. Now faith is. Faith is present tense or even past tense when we're talking about it. It's not future tense. Faith is not somewhere in the future. Faith is now. Okay, now we're going to flip over and we're going to take a look at Abraham. To Genesis 17, laying a foundation here. Do you see what I see? Genesis 17, verse 5, in the Amplified. And this is where God appears to Abraham again. His name is actually still Abram at the time. And he appears to him again. And in verse 1, it says he comes to him and he says, I am the Almighty God. Walk and live habitually before me and be perfect. I'm going to make my covenant with you. So he is reaffirming his covenant with Abram, which was that Abram would have an heir that would make him the father of many nations. That this, through this heir, every single person on the earth would be blessed. That's the covenant, part of the covenant that he made with Abram. And in verse 5 it says, Nor shall your name any longer be Abram which means high and exalted father. But your name shall be Abraham, father of a multitude, for I have made you the father of many nations. And so we want to park it here for a second and talk about this because his name already meant father. It already meant father. He's 99 years old here and God comes to him and says, now I'm going to change your name. And he changed it to Abraham. And so now Abraham has a choice to make. Am I going to continue to call myself Abram? Or am I going to line myself up with what the word of God says and call myself Abraham? Now, can you imagine everybody that knows Abram knows him as Abram? And if they come up to him and say, hey, how's it going, Abram? And he goes, no, that's not my name. Well, what are you talking about? That's your name. No. That's not my name anymore. Now my name is Abraham. Uh, dude, do you know what that means? It means the father of a multitude. You got one kid. <laughs> Wasn't even with your wife. I, I think you better recheck that. Name is Abrams. No, I am Abraham. He had to line himself up with something he could not see yet. Go to Romans chapter 4. Are you with me? She loved laying a foundation. We're going to read Romans chapter 4, starting in verse 17 in the Amplified Bible. Feeling a little wordy tonight, people. <laughs> the Amplified Bible, affectionately known as the woman's version, because you know women like to talk. So <laughs> oh, and we don't have it downloaded, so just listen. Listen in to all these lovely words. And this is Paul, the Apostle Paul, talking about Abraham. As it is written, I have made you, I have made you. And we didn't point that out when we were reading it in Genesis, but God said, I have made you. Past tense. He didn't have Isaac yet. He didn't have a multitude of children yet. But God saw it as already done. Right? I have made you the father of many nations. 
He was appointed our Father in the sight of God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and speaks of the non-existent things that he has foretold and promised as if they already existed. Why? Because he lives in eternity and there's no time there. Past, present, and future is now to God and it already exists in eternity. It already exists in that realm that we cannot see. So when he told Abraham, I have made you the father of many nations, God was speaking it as if it already did exist because it already did exist. Abraham couldn't see it with his eyes. He couldn't touch a baby with his hands, but in God's eyes, it already existed. For Abraham, human reason for hope being gone, why? Because the man was 99 years old. His wife wasn't far behind him. And even when they were young enough to be in their childbearing years, they couldn't have children. So hope in the natural was gone. Anybody been there? Abraham still hoped in faith that he should become the father of many nations as he had been promised. So numberless shall your descendants be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered the utter impotence of his own body, which was as good as dead because he was about a hundred years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's deadened womb. No unbelief or distrust made him waver, doubtingly question concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong as he was empowered by faith as he gave praise and glory to God. He was fully satisfied and assured that God was able and mighty to keep his word and to do what he had promised. It doesn't say that Abraham did not consider his age and the deadness of his body. It does not say that he did not consider how dead Sarah's womb was. It doesn't say that he denied fact. It does not say that he denied natural fact. It means and it says that he believed the unseen more than he believed what he could touch. He believed in the God that he couldn't see and the power of the God that he couldn't see more than what he could see and what he could touch. And guess what happened? He got what he was promised. Faith became sight. It already existed. He put his words to it. Every time he spoke his name, he put his words to the promise of God. Every time he spoke his name, he confessed the covenant promise of God. How many times a day do you say your name? How many times a day do you hear your name? Every time he spoke it, every time he heard it, that faith was built in his heart to receive that promise from faith to sight because he chose to look into the realm he couldn't see. Are you with me? Sometimes looking at what you can see hinders your faith. Think about it. When Peter saw Jesus walking on the water, right? Jesus is coming. He goes, Lord, if it's you, bid me come. And Jesus says, come. And Je or Peter jumps out of that boat and he's walking on that water miracle what does the bible say when he when he saw the wind and the waves 
So when he took his eyes off of Jesus and put them on the wind and the waves, it hindered his faith and he sunk. And he cried out to Jesus and Jesus rescued him. But sometimes just focusing on what you can see will hinder your faith and hinder your obedience. In verses 19 and 20, he didn't not look at his body. He didn't not look at the deadness of Sarah's room. But what does it say in verse 20? He grew strong and was empowered by faith as he gave praise and glory to God. What happened on Sunday morning when Nick gave his testimony? He gave praise and glory to God. And what happened? Faith was built. And then some amazing things happened in service after that. What did Pastor Michael say? If you feel like you're in a plateau and you can't get anywhere and you're feeling kind of down and you're just, ugh. Talk to yourself. Why are you so downcast, oh my soul? Put your hope in God. The more you focus on the unseen realm, the stronger your faith is going to get. One way to focus on the unseen realm is by giving praise and glory to God. And it builds your faith, giving praise and glory to God. And there are times that it's, you know, it's just okay to get loud about it. You know it's okay to get loud about it. How many of you uh, have ever had small children? How many of you have had multiple small children? Or have had the care of multiple small children? (laughs) Monica. How many many of you have had to shout to be heard among the small children? There were times when my kids were little, and I had, you know, I have 15, 13, and, you know, a couple months shy of 12. So they were little together. And there were times by the end of the day, my throat was just raw, not because I was yelling mean at them. I just needed to be heard, (laughs) heard above the din. And sometimes those thoughts are pounding your head. This is never going to happen. God's never going to do it. You're never going to see it. Your body's not going to be healed. Your bills are not going to be paid. And your thoughts are just screaming at you. And it's okay to shout louder than your thoughts. Sometimes you just got to shout it out. You know, shout it out. Ha ha. <laughs> that was supposed to be a pun, but I guess it didn't work. Shout, you know, do. Okay. So sometimes you, it's okay to shout just because you got to shout louder than those th- thoughts in your mind. Sometimes it's okay to shout just because he's worthy of a mighty praise. You know, when we get all loud in praise and worship, it's not just because we've got some cool instruments playing. When Pastor Michael shouts during praise and worship, it's not hype. It's not emotionalism. It's not just because the energy of the song gets you going. It's because you get a vision of a mighty, powerful, healing, delivering God who sets you free. And you can't stand still. You have to shout. What did the Bible say? I will praise him with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my might, with all of my strength. And there are quiet times, and it's okay to be quiet. 
But there's times where you just need to shout louder than your thoughts. There's times where you just need to strengthen your own faith. And it's okay to preach yourself happy. It's okay to preach your faith strong. Even though sometimes you might feel like a hypocrite. You ever, I, sometimes lately I have felt like the man, you know, Jesus comes down off the Mount of Transfiguration and the guy's down there with his son, right? He needs a healing. He needs delivered from a demon that's thrown him into the fire and there's seizures and everywhere. And Jesus, he brought him to the disciples and the disciples couldn't heal him. And he comes to Jesus and he goes, if you can do anything, help me. And Jesus said, if I can hello no if you can believe because all things are possible to him who believes and what did the man say lord i believe help my unbelief (laughs) ever feel like that person let me tell you that's a really good time to be not downcast oh my soul put your hope in god i believe lord help my unbelief (laughs) we're gonna look at how to do that in just a minute Sometimes what you see isn't really real. Have you ever seen a mirage? Maybe not in the desert, but you ever been driving down the road and the road in front of you looks wet and it's not wet, it's completely dry? Was that real? No. Have your eyes ever played tricks on you? Where you thought you saw something? We were driving, telling myself, we were driving somewhere, it was just Pastor Michael and I and we were in the car. (laughs) He goes, what kind of license plate is that? And I said, Kentucky, because that's what I thought it said. He goes, are you sure? And I went, mm-hmm. And we get real close to it, and it was Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my youth is renewed like the eagles. <laughs> my eyes are not as young as they used to be. But sometimes your eyes can play tricks on you. There are things that seem like they're there, and they're not there. Sometimes what you see is not really there. Have you ever tried to touch a rainbow? Can you touch a rainbow? We saw a rainbow last night in the car, and my son goes, that's not real. And I went, well, I can see it. <laughs> can't, you, can't you see it right there? He goes, there's no substance to it. And there really is no substance to a rainbow. It just is a visual effect, isn't it? <laughs> Ever trying to, I go, let's go find the gold. But there is no substance to a rainbow. Sometimes what you're seeing is not real. You know, the devil likes to walk about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He has no authority over you. Jesus made a show of him, trying, triumphant, triumphing over him in the cross and in the resurrection when God raised him from the dead. He made a show of him openly. All of heaven, all of hell, all the demons, all the angels saw it. That's why they see Jesus and hear his name and tremble. But it's not until we get a revelation of him making a triumphant show of his defeat of the enemy, stealing the keys of death and hell in the grave, that we are going to walk in it. It's not until we have the vision of the un seen realities in our lives that we're going to walk in them. And it's easy. It's so easy to get discouraged when you stand for something for a long time. When you've been praying for something for a long time because your faith can start to waver. 
But that's where we need to do what Abraham did. Strengthen that faith, giving glory to God. We're going to look at that in just a second. But what you see isn't always reality. And I've been reading in the Kings, just in my daily devotional reading, I read through the Bible every year, and I thought it was interesting. You know, God's at work on our behalf so much more than we know. If you're reading through the Old Testament, I when you maybe start again next year, if you read through the, in a year, highlight every time it says, and the Lord caused, and the Lord caused. The Lord caused the enemy to turn away. The Lord caused protection over David. The Lord caused this. And David had no idea. The, the army had no idea, right? But the Lord caused, the Lord caused, the Lord caused. So I was looking in, in first, or Second Kings uh, chapter 7, and it was where there was like a severe drought and you know, they were selling poop for $5 a piece for people to eat. I mean, seriously, if you translate it in today's language, that's what it was. It was disgusting. I mean, a lady, you know, killed her child for them to eat, and then they were waiting to kill the other lady's child to eat. It was nasty, the stuff that was going on, because of the extreme poverty that was going on in Israel. And the prophet Elisha came in, and he said, the word of the Lord is that tomorrow abundance will flow. My translation, tomorrow abundance will flow. And one of the king's servants was there and he heard it. And he said, ain't no way that's going to happen. And Elisha looked at him and he said, it's going to happen, but you're not going to get to taste it. You're not going to get to experience it, but it's going to happen. And you know what? It happened. And the guy didn't get to experience it. But how it happened, I thought was very interesting because the Bible says that God caused the king of Aramea to hear the sound of a mighty army. And they were fleeing in terror, dropping all their treasures, just leaving everything behind them and running for their lives. And guess what? There was no army. What you see might not even be real. Now, I'm not saying faith denies. I'm not sick when you have cancer in your body. No, that's not faith. Faith says, even though I have cancer in my body, I believe in Jesus' name it has to bow. We need a revelation of the unseen realm. The unseen realm is so, so real. 2 Kings chapter 6. We're going to start in verse 14. In the New Living Translation. <clears throat> and this is where Elisha is with his servant, and the king's army comes and surrounds them, right? 14. So one night, the king of Aram, and Elijah, they're in a city, and it's just Elisha and his servant that go out in the morning. Verse 15 says, When the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elisha. Obviously scared because Elisha turns to him and says, Don't be afraid, for there are more on our side than are on theirs. Stop. Do you think the the servant looked at him like he was a little crazy? (laughs) because he hadn't prayed yet for the servant's eyes to be opened. 
So Elisha turning to him and saying, there's more that be with us than they that be with them. I'd be looking at Elisha going, yeah? <laughs> what you drinking, buddy? <laughs> you seeing double? Like, what's going on here? Because the servant was only in tune to the realm that he could see. But Elisha was in tune to the unseen realm. Verse 17, Then Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes and let him see. And the Lord opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. And I don't know about you, but I think fire trumps sword any day. Nobody's going to walk through fire to get you with their sword. There's more than be with us than they that be with him. And the servant couldn't see it until God opened his eyes into the unseen realm. And I'm telling you what, there is more, there are more with us than anywhere else. If we can get a picture of the unseen realm, our faith will have no bounds. I have been speaking and speaking and speaking to that door to the new normal. Who knows what I'm talking about? Raise your hand. Anybody else? Nobody else knows? Pastor Kathy's prophecy, the door You've got to speak to the door of the new normal, and behind that door are miracles and signs and wonders. And I was praying and reading in Acts a couple weeks ago, and you know how the apostles performed miracles and signs and wonders everywhere they went to the point that people brought their sick friends and relatives onto the street in droves so that Peter's shadow could fall on them and they would be healed. Who wants to live in that time? They had a revelation of the unseen realm. They had a revelation of the power of God that was on the inside of them. There's no reason why we cannot live in that manifestation of the power of God. I keep crying out, God, where are the miracles? I want to see them. I want to lay my hands on the sick and watch them recover. I want to be an agent of releasing the power of God. Where are your miracles? And every time he says, all things are possible if you will believe. And I say, oh, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. I don't want to hinder the move of God, but there is a move of God coming. And it's not just going to be the people up here who are agents of ministering the power of God. He needs, do you know how many people don't know the Lord in this day? There are multitudes, and it's going to take more than a few pastors on staff at a church to reach them, to reach our neighbors, to reach our neighborhood, to make the West Side not, not a something that you turn your nose down on to make the west side of Warren a prospering metropolis. There's nothing, nothing that says that slums can't be rebuilt into something beautiful. What will make that happen? Revival. And what makes that happen? It's when the believers get in touch with the unseen realm and bring the power of heaven to earth. We need it. The unseen realm is so, so real. In 1 Kings 18, I'm going to wrap it up here, but in 1 Kings 18, Elisha had that amazing time on Mount Carmel where, you know, the sacrifices, he said, you try to sacrifice to Baal and I will sacrifice to the Lord God of heaven and whoever's God answers by fire, he is God. And they cried out to their God for hours and nothing happened. And he cried out to his God and fire fell. And then he killed all the prophets of Baal. 
In the beginning of that section of scripture, the word of the Lord came. The word of the Lord to Elijah was that it's going to rain. So all these amazing things happen, no rain. But God, you said, I guess if you said it, it would just happen. No, Elisha went up on the mountaintop, put his face to the ground, and used his mouth to line up with the word of God and prayed for rain. But right before that, he told King Ahab, you need to go back to town because I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. There was not a cloud in the sky, not one, before he prayed. Not one. But he heard a sound. Where did the sound come from? came from the unseen realm. It's real. And he means for us to be aware and to walk in it here. Jesus came to establish the kingdom of heaven on the earth. We don't have to wait to heaven to get that power. We're supposed to walk in it down here and establish his kingdom on the earth. How do we do that? What's the so what in this? My question is this. What realm controls your tongue? Which realm controls your tongue? You can have what you say, right? Pastor Michael, that's when he, Mark 11, 23 and 24, whoever says to this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast in the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things that he says will come to pass, he will have whatsoever he says. What realm is controlling your tongue? Abraham had a choice to make. Whether he believed what he could see, whether he believed the deadness of his body, whether he believed the deadness of Sarah's room, or whether he believed the promise of God. And he spoke his new name. I am Abraham. That was a mountain to him. Not being able to have kids was a mountain to him. What do you call your mountain? God turns mountains into miracles. I had one thing that I was looking at in my life at one point, and it looked huge, mountainous huge. He said, you no longer call that mountain. You call it miracle. What realm is controlling your tongue? We're either agreeing with what we can see, which is temporary and subject to change, or we're agreeing with the unseen one who is eternal, who can see your tomorrow and knows what's already there. But it's your job, it's my job to line my words up with it, to pull it from heaven to earth so that it turns from faith to sight. Why don't we get what we say immediately? I don't know. Sometimes I'm thankful that I don't get what I say immediately because sometimes what I say is my kids are driving me crazy. <laughs> but I don't really want to be crazy, so at some point I am thankful. Can everybody say amen? <laughs> Because I'm sure we've all can testify. <laughs> but we want to leave tonight aware that there is an unseen realm, aware that it's even more real than this realm that we're standing in here, and we need to determine what realm is going to control our tongue. Are we going to call our mountain what we see, or are we going to call our mountain what God calls it?
When Abraham called his mountain what God called it, when he changed his name to Abraham, the promise went from faith to sight. I don't know why it takes time sometimes, but it's just time. It's just time. And sometimes we can get weak, and sometimes we can get tired, and that's what the body's for. When I get weak and I get tired, I talk to Pastor Michael, or I call one of my friends, go, wow, what a week. And he'll say, hey, do you hear what you're saying? (laughs) Can you hear yourself? Because you're not helping yourself here. And that's good. You need people in your life who are going to give you a quick little, you know, kick in the boots of hiney and help you come back up in faith. If they're a real friend, they're going to pull you up, right? So we want to call our mountain what God calls it and only what God calls it. And the Bible doesn't say that Abraham ever called himself Abram again. He chose from that minute forward to only call it what God called it. Well, it's just words. No, it's not. It affects your faith. Every word you speak affects your faith. Let's, it's, it's not about being a confession police. It's not just about works. It's about building ourselves up. It's by strengthening and encouraging our faith, giving glory to God. Strengthens and encourages your faith. And it's not just about us. Yes, I want my faith to work for me. He needs me to have faith so that I can lay hands on you and watch you recover. So I can lay hands on you and watch you recover. He's got a work that needs to be done in this earth. And we're not going to do it efficiently, effectively, or with the mighty power of God until we're aware of the unseen realm. Amen? Amen. Is this okay tonight? Amen. (laughs) Let's let... The unseen realm control our tongue, amen. Father, I just offer this to you. In my incomplete way, I ministered what you put in my heart. And now, Father, I pray that you, the Holy Spirit, the one who wrote the word, the one who is the word, will go home with each and every person here and break this bread apart to them, help them ingrain it into their hearts and put it into practice in their lives and see your power manifest in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.